What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Do Your Crap podcast. I am so excited for our guests that we have on with us today. If you follow me on Instagram, a couple weeks ago, I shared a book that I've been reading and it's called Getting Unbusy by Van- by Garland Vance. I always want to switch that. First name it happens is last name. all the time. All the time. <laughs> I always want to switch that in my brain, but I've been reading this book, you guys, and I obviously have the author on with me today as our guest. And I am just so excited. Literally every human being needs this book in their life. So I will first start with that. Know that who you're talking to has created a book that you need in your life. And I most importantly, am just so excited for the value that he's going to bring. Cause I know it's going to be awesome. So hopefully you have your notebooks ready. You're ready to just be open-minded about what is possible for your life, how you can feel the shifts you can make. And before we dig in, I obviously want to make sure you know who this is. So Garland Vance, he is an author, speaker, and consultant. He co-founded Advanced Leadership to help overwhelmed influencers and organizations live with purpose. Oh, purpose, productivity, and peace, the three Ps. He is the author of Getting Unbusy, which Forbes named as, get this, one of the seven books everyone on your team should read. See, it's not just me. <laughs> He's helped <laughs> entrepreneurs and Fortune 500 companies get more done in less time and with way less stress, which is the kicker. He lives in Knoxville, Tennessee with his wife of 20 years, Dorothy, their three kids and a turtle. So <laughs> I am so excited, Garland, to have you on. Before we Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit radiobeatsbeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Dig into really the meat of this. Can you share some of your story and how you got to where you are and why you're so passionate about this? 
Yeah. So it was way back in 2013 and I went to my doctor and I was having all of these physical problems. So I've always been this high achiever and kind of, you know, go after what you want to go after. And I, I just started having all these physical problems. So I go to my doctor, his name is Dr. Tate. And, and I said, Hey, can you help me out? I'm having uh, migraine headaches two or three times a week. I'm having forgetfulness where my wife and I will have a conversation and then she'll reference it the next day. And I'll have no idea what she's talking about I'm having exhaustion where I sleep and sleep and sleep. And then I wake up and I'm still exhausted and I'm having heart palpitations. I was like, I'm sitting, I'm in good shape. I was exercising everything. And yet I'd be sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I would start pouring sweat, just checking email. My heart would start racing. And my doctor was like, well, Garland, tell me about your life. And I said, oh, Dr. Tate, it's a good life. It's just really busy, right? Which is what we all say, even in the midst of a pandemic, everybody has yep. talked about how busy they are. I said, oh, it's a good life. It's just really busy. And he said, well, tell me what you mean by busy. And I said, well, I, you know, I work 50 to 60 hours a week for this nonprofit that I love. And I'm working on my doctorate in leadership that takes 10 to 20 hours a week. And um, I travel about 60 days a year between work and school. That doesn't include vacations. And um, I have three young kids at home that my wife and I are raising. And they're a little involved in stuff. But, you know, we're trying to make sure that they have lots to do. And, oh, we're involved in church and helping a leadership program get started at our church. And, and my mom passed away last year. And so we've slowed down a lot over the year. <laughs> and my doctor looked at me and he said, Garland, I'm concerned for your life. And I was like, oh no, is this a brain tumor? Is this like, what in the world is going on? And he said, what you're experiencing is stress. And I will tell you, I was furious because to me, stress is like a weak person's answer, right? I'm, you know, that it was just infuriating. And I said, Dr. Tate, why in the world would I be stressed? And he said, because you're so busy. I said, Dr. Tate, everyone is busy. And he said, I know, and it's killing us all. And that for me was the moment I was, you know, like I said, I was working on this doctrine and leadership. And I just had this thought of if busyness is actually killing me, then it's doing it to everybody else too. Yeah. And so I just decided to start researching it for some doctoral projects that I was working on. What is busyness? What's it doing to us? And it ended up being the focus of the remainder of my doctoral program. And so I'm passionate about busyness because what my doctor told me is true. If you don't kill busyness, it will kill you first. I love it. And, and it's so relatable. How many times that is the answer. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm just so busy. I'm just busy. Like that's like everybody's norm. And wow. it really is true. And I love, and one of the things that I highlighted in your book was too many good commitments add up to a bad life. I was wow. like, I get goosebumps reading that. Cause I'm like, Holy <laughs> crap. That is yes. like, that is what everybody thinks they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be doing all of the good things. And yet too many good commitments add up to a bad life. I was like, holy crap, that's so good. So how does, how, okay. This is something that I did wonder when I was reading your story. What if someone isn't experiencing all of the physical things yet? Because I know you are going through all those, you were like experiencing the repercussions of stress and all that stuff. What if someone's like, oh, but I'm busy doing good things and I'm not physically, right. you know, like I'm not feeling it yet. So I must not, I must be okay. Is that, is that yeah. like, so it's, it's possible. I think there's a couple of ways to look at it. One is realizing that, that 
all of us have a different busyness threshold. For sure. Unfortunately, most of us decide that whatever our threshold is, we're going to exceed it by, I don't know, 50%, (laughs) right? Like we're going to get less sleep than we need. We're going to work longer hours. We're going to commit to more things. And especially as life after the pandemic kind of goes back. And I keep hearing people saying, I'm so ready to go back to normal. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to go back to normal. (laughs) You want to go back to something different, right? And, and so, so we all have different capacities. Um, I was experiencing physical problems, but what the research showed is there's also emotional problems. There's uh, psychological problems. There's mental productivity problems. So busyness begins to show itself in a condition known as depersonalization, which happens when we begin to resent the people who we need the most or who yeah. need us the most. And, you know, whether it's children or coworkers, we begin to resent them when they need our help. That's typically a sign of busyness. It shows itself in burnout, which looks like emotional exhaustion and feeling like we don't have a, a, a sense of accomplishment in anything that we're doing. Um, and it, it shows itself even in our productivity where we get to the end of the day and we're going, I did a thousand things, but I can't actually remember what any of them are or I don't know that any of them matter. So busyness shows itself in a lot of different ways. Mine just happened to be some of those physical symptoms that are really dangerous. Yeah. And kind of think heavens they did or else you might not have ever even dug into all this stuff. So yeah, yeah. thanks for I, suffering for sure. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suffered for your benefit. Yeah. It's, it really is one of those things where it's like as concerned as he was looking at that and going, wow, if I would have continued doing that same pace for five more years, at some point your body says, you know, pay me now or pay me later. And I would have paid for it. Yeah. Well, and you hear too, like you'll hear about the 31 year old who passed away from a heart attack. And you're like, how does that even happen? But it's, I mean, I'm sure this has so much to do with it. You just don't even get any of the warning signs a lot of the time, or you don't pay attention to them or you don't know what they are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Micah, I want to go back just real quickly, because I think for those of you who are listening, it's really important to understand this whole idea. You referenced it, that what busyness is, is an overcommitment to too many good commitments. So none of us are overcommitted because of bad things. Yeah. We're Unless you're a dictator or a drug dealer, right? Like those are, those are bad things. But most people are busy because they've said yes to so many really good things. And then when we put them together, that's all of the the stress, the overwhelm, the exhaustion, all of those things are what, what happens. I love it. And that's one of the things that I preach. I love simplicity and I love saying no, love it. And that's one of the things that most people, they, they just don't do. They say yes yeah. to everything that comes their way. They feel like they're obligated. They feel like that's what they have to do. And then it's no wonder they're running around with their, like feeling like their heads cut off, just getting through the day, just chasing the day, chasing the day. And like you said, being like, what did I even accomplish today? What did I even get done? And yet you were literally doing things all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely exhausting. For real. So what do you say? Cause I not, I, I loved how, and I've heard it before wearing that the busyness is a badge of honor. That is such a thing feeling like your self-worth is tied into how busy you are, how involved you are, what you're doing every single day. And I think, I mean, that's a lot of why I hope, no, he won't mind it. My husband, (laughs) he is like a super workaholic, like 
bona fide self-proclaimed. He loves to stay busy. He loves that. He was raised on a ranch. You woke up so early. You were working all day long. That's just what you did. Like, so that's ingrained in him. And that's something that he's had to fight and resist. And in his career, he's a, he's a large animal vet and he loves what he does. He loves what he does. So then add on the fact that he loves what he's doing and he loves to, to feel like he's, his sense of worth is tied to that. How do you break the mold? Like, how do you fight that sense of, but this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is how I'm, you know, how this is what, what I need to be doing is work, 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 busy, 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 busy. How do you break that? Yeah. So, so the research showed that there's three types of three inhibiting beliefs that really keep us trapped in busyness. And you've hit on, on one of them. So the first is I need to be more. The second is I need to do more. And then the third is I need to get more. And now all of us have inhibiting beliefs, but what happens with busyness is there becomes this, this almost this cyclone of these inhibiting beliefs that keep us trapped in it. And so, um, so I, I'll just tell you how I see this all the time in my own life. So I, I love to read. I, I just love going in bookstores. It's kind of like my own personal sanctuary a lot of times, but Every time I go into bookstores, I'll go to self-help or I'll go to um, the leadership section, all the things that I love, and I'll go in there and I'll see this, you know, this book and it'll say how to get a six pack of abs, right? That's an or or how to get better shoulder muscles, which I've never been able to do in my whole life, right? How to get better shoulder muscles or it'll say, you know, how to be a better leader or how to get more done in less time, all these things. And every time I see one of those books, what immediately happens is a spark of shame enters into my life. And I go, oh, I don't have a six pack. I, I, I don't have the shoulder muscles that I need to. I'm not the leader that I should be. I'm not getting as much done as I would like to. And so when that shame enters into my life, I immediately begin to make that an identity issue. Something yeah. is wrong with me. And because something is wrong with me, I need to change that situation. And the only way to change the situation is to do something, right? And so that's where I need to be more goes into I need to do more. And then what typically happens is as we look at our lives and go, well, I need to do more, then it's, well, what do I need to get in order to uh, to achieve the things that I need to do. So do I need to get more uh, dumbbells or do I need to buy this book or, you know, what is it that I need to do in order to, to get that? So what we have to do as people is to replace those inhibiting beliefs with some empowering truths of, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, uh, I don't have a six pack, but I'm very happy with my two pack right now, you know, or, <laughs> Or my identity is not found in just my abs or just my shoulders or just my productivity. And so we begin to shift the mindset from I need to be more, do more, get more to I am enough. I have everything that I absolutely need. If I'm alive, I still have a reason to be. And so uh, when that begins to happen, then busyness really begins to break down because we don't feel compelled to act constantly. I love that. I love that no matter the topic or no matter the direction we go, literally almost every episode, it comes back to the power of our thoughts. 
and where it all begins. Like literally your, your feeling of less than because your shoulders aren't as strong as you want them to be. Those are simply thoughts. I don't have shoulders as strong as so-and-so blah, 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 blah. Like, and we're in control (laughs) of that. So it's like (laughs) one more, just huge reminder of the importance of our brain and our mindset and what we're talking to ourselves about all throughout the day, because it really is, we're building those identities and those are self-inflicted. So yeah. we are the problem and we are the solution. Like always, <laughs> like always, absolutely. like always, I love it. So one of the things that you mentioned, and I love that you bring in research into your book because it's one thing to be like, Oh yeah, that's great. Um, he was busy and now he's not, and now he's happier. Okay. But he backs it with numbers and he has all this research that he includes. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting was when you talked about, um, and now I need to find it because I didn't highlight it. I just marked the day. Um, you talked about how, what is his name? Something con. Oh, 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 yes. Yes. Uh, about how, how he thought that it was like back in the 1960s and he thought that by 2000, was it 2000? I need to find it in the book. Yeah, We would be working around 30 hours a week and we would be taking about 13 weeks of vacation time because of higher wages and because of technology advances. And, And when I read that, I was like 13 weeks, like, holy crap. And then, but then when I thought about it, I was like, that's basically like summer break and a yeah. week of Christmas break. I'm like, that's totally doable. And then, and then my brain was like, we should do that. <laughs> we should figure out how to take 13 weeks of vacation. Cause that sounds like the kind of life I want to live. So that was just so interesting because it's so true. We've gotten more advanced. We've had all these things that are moving us forward in life. And yet we just continue to do more and do more and do more and do more. And it's like, where is it going to stop? It really never will unless we really get a hold on this. Yeah. Well, and, and we've filled our homes with time-saving devices, you know, yeah. washing machines and, and oh dishwashers gosh, so and all of these things that are designed to save us time. And yet the average stay-at-home parent is working two hours more per day than they were 20 years ago. Um, n- not even working in a job two hours more, like two hours more at home. Yeah. And, and so what's happening is you know, we have limited capacity in our lives and yet our assumptions about what we should be able to do and what we should be able to accomplish begin to expand more and more and more. And so we put pressure on ourselves to, to, to do everything. And I, I always like to say, you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything at once. And so you really have to decide what are the one or two things that I'm absolutely committed to be great at right now. And then what are the things that I'm okay with being mediocre at? So if you could see my office, I mean, this, this part right here looks really good, but my office <laughs> around me is mediocre. Like there's just stuff on the floor and it. it's like, I'll get to that. But those aren't the things I want to be great at right now. And so learning to give yourself the grace of saying, what do I want to be great at? What's the one or two things? And then how am I okay with being okay? at a whole lot of other things. And you'll actually be better at most everything that you do just by that commitment. I love that so much. And that is so reassuring to me because my husband makes fun of me all of the time 
because I literally ask me anything about history and I know it's bad. Like maybe I should know more and remember more from history class and social studies and all the things, but for whatever reason, I learned them to get an A in the class. And I have like zero recollection about all of the things. So my kids will bring up stuff and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Go ask dad, Google it. Let's look on Google. <laughs> right. And I'm like, how does my brain not remember? So these are important things. And yet I have the capacity to do all of these other wonderful things, but that's, that's it. I'm like, I yep. can only do so many things well or really well. And then the other things I just, I've just been okay with just being really, really okay with <laughs> and that's And that's good. So that's reassuring. Well, I, I affirm you. The next time your husband makes fun of you, just say, Garland told me that I should be okay with being okay. <laughs> I will. I'll be like, babe, it's fine. He said it, it's okay. This is one thing that I, I don't have to remember. All right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So someone, where would you, where would you, um, kind of give advice as far as someone is really busy doing a lot of good things. So they have literally filled their capacity to the brim and yet they're having the hardest time knowing what to carve out. Like, where do you start? How do you know what to take off your plate? I love the idea of like good, better, best. We, there's so many good things in life. There's so many good things we can be filling our time with, filling our brain with, filling our days with, and yet there's always some better things and there's always the best things. So how do you get clarity around identifying what those are and then taking that actual step in carving out and clearing space and doing that? Yeah. So I think that, so I have an exercise uh, in there that I take people through. It's called the commit to uncommit. So whenever somebody um, decides that they're ready to get unbusy, the, the, natural tendency and the biggest mistake they can make is to immediately go, okay, what is it that I want to accomplish instead? What are the goals I want to achieve? What's my higher purpose? All those things. Because when you go from, the reason that's a problem is when you go from, um, you know, I want to change, I have too much in my life to here's my purpose. You immediately add more commitments onto an overcommitted life. Backfires every single time. Yeah. So what I want to take people through is actually a stage called deconstruct. And in deconstruct, you deconstruct those inhibiting beliefs that we talked about, but you also begin to deconstruct some of your unwanted or unnecessary habits. So here's what I would encourage you to do. First, just get a sheet of paper out and write down every single commitment that you can think of that you've got. Now, this is going to sound, it's going to take a little bit of time, but you're going to be shocked at how many commitments you have. I mean, you will be absolutely shocked. And then beside each one, you write down about how much time per month that takes, right? So maybe it's 15 minutes here or, you know, driving your kids to soccer practice takes, you know, 10 hours per month. You just write down what's the commitment. Okay, the third step that you do in that is then you put one of three faces beside that, like a a smiley face. And a smiley face is, yes, I love this commitment. It brings so much joy and so much energy to me. The second would be a sad face. And the sad face says, I hate this commitment. It sucks the energy out of my life. 
I would, you know, if I can get rid of it, I would absolutely love to get rid of it. And then the third face is just a, a straight line mouth face, a meh kind of face. And it doesn't suck my life dry, doesn't add joy to my life. So those, those sad faces and those straight line faces, that's where you want to begin carving things out and getting them out of your life. And so then once you've done that, you really have one of four choices that you can, uh, that you can do with it. The first is you delete it. You say, I hate this. I'm just, I'm going to stop doing it. Right. So I'm a part of a book club. I don't like being a part of this book club. I'm just not going to show up anymore. So you delete it. The second is you can negotiate it with somebody. You can work with somebody who loves something that you hate and you hate something that, you know, that you, you love something they hate. They hate something you love, however that goes, but you <laughs> negotiate it and you say, I'll trade with you. If you do this for me, I'll do that. For you so you can delegate it you can negotiate it you can um begin to just um uh give it to someone else and see you know so if you have the authority to give it to someone else say hey here you go i do this to my kids all the time i there are certain things i hate and i'll go hey you're gonna do this and i'm gonna provide home for you so it yeah. sounds like a good trade <laughs> to me or the fourth option is you accept it and you go through each you know through however many and you go hey this is just something that I have to do right now, but I've tried to figure out if I could get rid of it and I couldn't. That alone, that exercise alone typically frees up 10, uh, about five to 10 hours a week when a person goes through that and can kind of eliminate and negotiate, do all of those things. So that's the commit Amazing. to uncommit exercise and it will free you up so much. I love that. So listeners do this exercise. If you want to find an extra five to 10 hours of your life every single week, which holy cow, that sounds incredible. So I'm just, I'm definitely going to be doing that. I love that. Um, I love that you talked about negotiating and delegating. I'm huge as far as we have so many entrepreneur listeners and so many mama entrepreneurs who are constantly trying to manage the house, handle the kids, build a business. Oh my gosh, I can't do all the things. Now I have mom guilt because I can't do all the things and I'm supposed to be able to do all the things. And no wonder so many people are living in a literal state of chaos, exhaustion, stress, anxiety, depression. That is like becoming the standard. And it's like really sad to me. So uh, I'm just so excited to be digging into this because it's so powerful. So you, you talked in your book about three questions in the, how good commitments become bad. You talked about the three questions. Do you know which ones I'm talking about? Or I know I'm like putting you on the spot. I can totally read them. I can totally read okay, them. Okay. They have them in yeah, yeah. Me. Re read them to me. So I'll know what you're okay. talking about. Okay. Here we go. Because I want our listeners to ask themselves these, and this is why I wanted to bring them up. Cause it was, cause I loved it. So number one, what do you want from life? Number two, what are your biggest dreams and highest priorities? And number three, do you have the time, energy, and attention to consistently and intentionally move toward those biggest dreams and highest priorities? And so I loved those. And then you talked afterwards, obviously, about how people can, they, they can tell you what they want. They can tell you their biggest dreams and their highest priorities. And then you get to the, do you have the time, the energy, the focus, the consistency to actually work towards those? And it's usually a resounding, no freaking way. Like no yeah. way I don't have time to, to do this passion project or to build this business or to create this life that I know is possible because you're literally 
just taking on everything that is not moving you towards that stuff. So how, I mean, aside from the fact of doing all of the things that you've already shared from us, if someone is in that place where they know what they want, they know what they're capable of, they know what they want to work towards and yet don't have the time or energy do they just, I mean, what would you say? Do that exercise that I just shared with you and create the extra 10 hours to start? Yeah, I would say the first thing that they need to do is find one thing that they can get out of their life. You know, even if they don't do the commit to uncommit exercise, just find one thing that you can free up uh, your life in so that you have some energy and focus and time to be able to, to give to that. And I think for a lot of people, what happens is we have these big dreams and, and we see all of those dreams at one time and, and the pressure of creating yeah. all of those at one time begins to really weigh down on us. And so just pick one, just pick one and give your energy and give your attention to it. But it's amazing to me when you make a decision that something is going to be important to you and that you're going to make time for it. It is just amazing to me how heaven and earth move for you in order to happen, in order for that to happen. And, and people begin to help you with it. So in, back in 2018, my family was living in, in Texas and I was working at a job I didn't love. I um, was, we didn't like the house we were living in. We didn't like the neighborhood we were living in. And I was working on this book. I was working on writing, getting unbusy. And our, my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, we're miserable in almost every area of our lives. And it's uh, the only two people who can change that is us. Yeah. And so we had this dream of one day retiring in Tennessee and just we looked at ourselves and we were like if we start our own business then we could begin to we could live wherever we wanted to and we can sell everything we can do you know we had no idea how to make it happen all we knew was we just got to get to tennessee that's where we're trying to get and so that's what we ended up doing and it was you know months of putting a house up for sale and packing up everything and selling it and then putting our things in storage while we found another house in Tennessee and then changing all of our kids' schools. And so the whole thing as a whole was, was massive. Oh, and here's the kicker is during that time, I knew we couldn't do all of that stuff and simultaneously write a book about getting unbusy. And so even though I had just signed with a publisher, I called up my publisher and was like, hey, I'm gonna need to take about six months uh, off. And it ended up being nine. But it all happened because of that, that singularity of focus to say, let's get everything else out of our life except this one area. And, and of course, there were still a, a billion things that we needed to do with it. But that's what I would tell you. I love that. Get as much out of your life as you can and then commit to the one thing until you can get it done. I love that. And it's just really clarity around the one thing, the one thing that's going to drive everything else that the, everything else happens organically because it just falls into place. You just take, put one foot in front of the other. You don't need to know the 898 steps in order to get to the one thing you want. You just need to know what you want, take the first step and then just continue, continue yeah. taking those steps and saying yes to your highest priority yep. and no to all the other things. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the crazy part of it is, and I know you know this, Micah, but if you begin to take one step every day 
even if it's a tiny step, you know, so often we think in terms of, of big projects, just learning to take a tiny step is huge. So, so I'm writing my next book right now. Writing a book is a massive undertaking. It is very painful. And so I have a commitment that I'm going to do some form of writing at least five days a week. So yesterday I woke up, I wasn't feeling really great. And yet by the end of the day, I had this one diagram that I had drawn on my whiteboard of just saying, hey, I think I need to play with this idea a little bit. It's the, the least writing I've done all year long, but it was still, for me, I was like, I just need a little bitty step that helps me move in the direction of this next goal that I'm going after. So giving ourselves permission to do micro steps is really important. I love that. I love, I love that. And I've, I've had an entire podcast recently, well, not recently, earlier on, that is all about dreaming big and acting small, because mm. I think that is so, that's such a huge roadblock for people is you get so in your head about all of the things and all of the steps and all of the, I don't have what it takes, all of the overwhelm that comes before you even allow yourself to take that first step. And it's like, if you don't try to control what is not yet in your control, you, you can avoid a lot of that overwhelm and that anxiety and that stress because you literally just grab onto what you can do today in the present right now and move forward. And looking back, it's so interesting. I've been building my coaching business for eight years now. And it's like, I had no idea what was in store for me. I had no idea that I would have to develop into becoming a leader of thousands of women. I had no idea that I would be, have the tug on my heart to, to start a podcast when I am a, such a huge introvert and speaking and talking to people used to give me just like all of the anxious feelings and nausea. Like I would have never said yes to taking my first step if I actually knew what was in store. And yet it's been the most empowering, amazing growth journey. And to me, like that is what life is. We are put on earth to become who we're meant to be, to become the fullest version of ourselves, And that happens by, I love everything you're about having clarity around what you want, because those desires are so unique to us. And my desires aren't the same. We are taking a TV time out to give you a free goodie today. If you are in network marketing, if you're building a team, if you are mentoring people and need to onboard them to be successful, I am giving you my free team checklist. This is what I use personally to onboard my new coaches to help simplify the process. And it is duplicatable team wide. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with recruiting, if you don't feel confident bringing in your new team members and helping them be successful, this is any organization, any network, you can tweak this and customize it, but it's a really solid framework so that you can have confidence recruiting and building the empire that you want to build. Go to micafolsomfit.com slash team checklist to grab this freebie is yours. And if we don't ever have time to just think and give ourselves space to be like, what do I actually want? What do I want to fill my days with? How do I feel when I'm doing these activities versus these? And we're just too dang busy to even allow ourselves to do that. And 
And that's not even talking about actually taking action towards those things. That's just thinking about what we want out of life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so getting clarity is, is so important. That's actually, so I take people through a five-step process in, in getting unbusy. So the first is you decide to get unbusy. The second is you deconstruct. We talked about that. The third is you begin to design and that's where you design the life that you actually want to live. And and it's such a fun experience to go, what is it that I actually want out of life? What's the, uh, I start off and I, you actually design the pace of life that you want to live. So I know for me, I like to go, I like to push really hard during the work day. And I, so I'm, I'm normally up at five and I'm up at five and I hit it. I hit it hard, but I end by about 4.30 in the afternoon. I only work Monday through Thursday. And, but I want my evenings to be slow and to be yeah. relaxed. And, and so we've designed our life around the pace that we want to, to live at. So it, it's, it's about not only the, the big dreams that you have, but also like, what do I want my, my days to feel like on a daily basis? How fast do I want to go? How slow do I want to go? You know, what's that pace look like? This is making me emotional. And you're, you're probably like, you're speaking and you're like, why are you tearing up right now? You weirdo. But this is a conversation that I have with my husband all the time, because we are at a place and I think our paths crossed because I needed to hear from you and I needed to like have you in my life. But, um, we've designed a life where we're financially, we have created abundance where we can literally have a life of choice, which is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And yet when I talk to my husband about, okay, our days, it literally can be however we want. So what do we want? One of the biggest things is I want a slower paced morning, a slower paced morning when we're getting the kids off to school. And when we're, and when we're having breakfast together, it's not, he has to leave really early to get to his clients and he travels, like drives a lot to get to the ranches and things. So we're up early too. He's up by like four 30. I'm up at five. We're doing our morning routine. It's great. I love it. But then he has to rush out the door and then like, we're getting the kids off and doing all that stuff. So when you're talking about pace, it's not even just what you do every day. It literally is how you feel when you're doing the things, what it looks like. And still in our days, we have, we have a little bit too much hustle bustle. We have a too, little, <laughs> little too much kids. Let's go. Let's hustle. Get out the door. Let's go. See you. Love you. Bye. Instead of how I want it to feel and how I know it can feel. So that just like creates even more clarity around like, okay. And he's in the process now of making some shifts and really identifying, okay, what do I actually want to do and all the things. And this is such a gradual process for us, especially because it has been an evolution of what we thought our norm would be. And, mm. and, and even as I mentioned it earlier, what's ingrained in us and like, well, this is what it's supposed to look like. And this is what everyone else does. So why, who are we to be any different? Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm going to be selfish about this. Like I'm yeah. going to be selfish about my life. I want it to feel a certain way every day and it can, yeah. and I know it can. So I'm not going to stop going for it. I'm not going to stop going yeah. for it. Well, and kudos to you for doing that. So when I told people I'm only going to work Monday through Thursday, 
then I, I, I mean, I've had, I've had clients, I've had friends who are like, you'll never build a successful business that way. And people will tell you, you know, there's this hustle mentality, this grind mentality. That's like, if you're going to be successful, you got to put in 70 hour work weeks. And one of the, the thoughts that I had when we were starting our business was, I want to show that you can work 40 hours a week or less and still build something that's that's successful yeah. you know is it going to be the next uh microsoft no i doubt it or apple no and i'm okay with that because that's not the life that i want to live and that's not the, the life that our family wants to live and so i just want to encourage you and i want to encourage your listeners taking the time to ask that question of not just what are the goals and the dreams and the priorities th that's important but before you answer that question what's the pace yeah. that i want to live at and the other thing that you would be very good to that that could really help you with this is the space that you add. So it's not just the pace, it's also the space in your life. And space is all about creating margin. So what most of us do is we plan one thing after another thing after another thing, right? So we have one meeting that ends at 2 p.m. and another that begins at 2 p.m. That's humanly impossible for you right. to do both meetings at one time. So when you begin to build margin into your life, whether it's 15 minutes between meetings, whether it's just slowly, you know, uh, having a, a hectic morning because you have young kids, but then slowing down just a little bit and giving yourself 30 minutes to sip a cup of coffee and sit on your porch, whatever it is, that margin actually gives you space for the stress, for the surprises, for the emergencies, for the interruptions, which all of us have, but yep. it gives you that margin where you can live at the pace that you actually want to. I love that so much. And one of the things that I started to incorporate a couple years ago was time blocking my days. So I work, I, we have five kids now I work from home, but I do have a nanny helper now that comes in from seven 30 to one 30. And that is like, I built my business for the first few years all by myself doing all the things. And then I learned really quick, oh wait, I don't have to do all the things. I can delegate, I can get help, I can. And that's when my joy in motherhood, when my joy in my business and my, and really my clarity around what my purpose and what I wanted to do became so clear because I had some actual mental capacity to think through the things and one of the things I do is I time block every Sunday. I time block from my work time, but then I also time block downtime mm, and I literally good. just block out. Okay. Three hours. There's nothing there, but it's family time. So I know that I'm like just on to be a mom and I, and no longer feel that tug of like, but you have messages waiting for you and you have clients waiting for you and you have coaches wanting you to respond. I'm like, nope because my time is in motherhood right now. And that I feel like is a lot of the things that we miss is we have to, we feel like we have to be on all the time for everyone that we're serving. And we absolutely have to set boundaries or we yeah. are going to literally go crazy. Yeah. So let me give, let me give you three boundaries you've got to build. Okay. Love it. Um, so the first one is what I call the end of work boundary. Okay. So the end of work boundary, this is in the deconstruct phase as well. Okay. So the end of work boundary is when you say at this time in the day, my computer gets shut down, my phone gets put away, whatever it is that feels like my job is going to get, get put away. So that's an end of work boundary. 
The second is everybody needs end of day boundaries. And an end of day boundary is when you say, no matter whether the kitchen's a wreck, uh, you know, doesn't matter, like at 8.30 p.m. or at 9 p.m., we, we stop as a family, we stop doing work of any kind. And then the final boundary is what I would call a task boundary. And that's where, where time blocking is so helpful. And it's where you begin to say, these are things that I need to accomplish this week. And so I'm going to build some focused blocks of time around those areas so that I can get things done because work expands. And you know this, work expands to fill the time allotted. So if really? I give myself three hours to work on something, it's going to take me three hours, maybe even more. But if I only give myself an hour, I'm going to get it done a lot faster. I love it. And those are, I mean, yeah, I love those. And the task boundary specifically, it's so true. If you give yourself 20 minutes to accomplish something, you'll likely get it done in that time. But if you have an hour, you'll likely spend the full hour taking up time, finding ways to waste your time a little bit, letting yourself get a little bit distracted. So that is one thing that it's almost like a race against the clock. Like how efficient can yeah. I be with the things that I actually need to get done today? And then you will not only, it's kind of fun. It's like a game that you can play with yourself, but you also surprise yourself with how productive you can be. And that's yep. empowering. It is. Absolutely. You, you talked about in your book, one of the things that I noticed um, before we kind of wrap it up is you talked about let me see if I wrote it down. I think I did beating busyness while remaining productive, because I think a lot of people are, they, they've correlated busyness with productivity, which it is absolutely not. So how can we like, what is an unbusy day? And you kind of talked about it. You said your work hours and things, but what is unbusy what does an unbusy day look like where you're having space to also decompress and self-care and just be like, I don't think people just allow themselves to just be anymore because it's so easy to just stay distracted all the time. Right. Yeah. So when I was writing this or in really, even in the beginning of the research, I had this thought and I'm still 100% committed to this. It was I like being a type A personality. I don't want to stop being a type A personality. And, and so there was this fear that I had of if I, if I beat busyness, I'm going to become a type B. Nothing wrong with type Bs. I just don't want to be one. And so <laughs> I, I made this commitment as I was like, the commitment is I have to figure out how to maintain my type A, my drivenness, my goal focus, my, my um, willingness to work hard. I need to keep that while getting rid of the stress and the yeah. frustration, the burnout, all of those things. Um, so for me, that type of day means that my, my mornings, I'm, I am productive first thing in the morning. So, but productivity is I, I'm typically journal. I have a morning routine that's built around journaling and that's built around reading some, and then kind of just doing some reflection on my goals um, that I want to accomplish writing. That's when I get most of my writing done, but I take a lunch break for one hour, almost every day 
to spend time with my wife, to spend time with my family. Um, I have breaks built in between throughout the day where I can step away, get some space. Like I, you know, you and I will finish this podcast. I have about 15 minutes before the next thing that I have to do. So I'll get some, some movement in and, and refresh myself a little bit. And then when 4.30 hits, I'm going to exercise and then I'm done. Like, what we'll, you know, we'll make dinner or it's things like that. We'll do things as a family, but, but we're done. And, yeah. and it's now this is family time. That's the rhythm that, that works for me. Um, and, and so it's, it's really about getting to know yourself, working hard when you're on, but creating space, creating breaks so that you've got some margin in your life. And then giving yourself a, a, just a lot of time to, to do what is really important to you. I love this so much. It's just being fully on when you're on and being fully off when you're off. Like that to me is like, that sounds like perfection. Like, because I'm <laughs> like you, I'm like, but I, I love to work. I love to grind. I love to just accomplish and reach goals and do and, and all the things. But I have learned over the years that I also love to just be, and I love yeah. to just be with my kids and I love to be outside and I love to be up at our cabin unplugged. And I love to not talk to humans, even though I love helping humans on when I'm on, it's like, I have like these two people that live within, within me and that's okay. Like I've learned that that's okay. And that's when I feel my best is when I let both of these versions of me express themselves. And, yep. and that's something that's evolved with time. Cause I used to be on all the time, all the time. Yeah. I think we all have both of those. We, we have parts of us that love to work really hard and we have parts of us that love to rest and, and do recreation. So recreation is anything you do for the sheer enjoyment of doing it. We yeah. all have both of those. And what we tend to do is focus on only one of those. And if you're a type A personality, you focus on the always on. And if you're kind of a, a type B personality, you tend to focus on the, the recreational side and, and the rest. And we need both because yeah. the recreational side makes us better at work. And the work side, when we do it well, and then we turn to sh tend to shut it off, it makes us better at play. Both are necessary for a really full and meaningful life. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love this so much. I feel like I could have this conversation going on forever because it's just like giving me life right now. I love it so much. (laughs) But I know you have other commitments and I know you're sticking to your stuff. So (laughs) we're going to wrap it up. Um, Garland, just thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for pouring into our listeners. Um, The book, you guys, if you didn't already see why you need this in your life, go get it. I'm pretty, it's on Amazon, right? I'm pretty sure that's it, where it is, but I've got something for you. If, oh, they'll, oh, good. If, if you'll go to killbusy.com, killbusy.com, I will send you the book for free autographed. No, Woo-hoo! no less. I'll send you the book for free. As long as you pay for the shipping and handling. Oh, you guys, he's the best kill, kill busy dot com killbusy.com yep all right killbusy.com go grab his book i know you even autographed mine i was so excited <laughs> see he's even unbusy enough to autograph these books for us so that is he is something special <laughs> garland <laughs> thank you where can they find you if they if they want even more from you yeah on, on the web yeah so go to advanceleadership.live so advance my last name is vance so no d on the end there advanceleadership.live you can find out more about myself my wife and the work that we do beautiful beautiful well thank you so much you guys if you found value out of this make sure you share your favorite 15 second nugget on instagram tag me at michael Fulsom fit your friends need to hear this. Your friends, your sisters, your aunts, your moms, your coworkers, they need to just have this awareness that life doesn't have to feel overwhelming. It doesn't have to feel chaotic. It doesn't have to feel too busy all the time. And awareness is where everything with change begins. So please share this if you found value in it, because that is the only way that we get to spread our message. And I just love you guys for sharing all of the nuggets because I love hearing from you. So Garland, thank you for being here. And hopefully we can have you back on sometime. I hope so. It's been awesome talking with you, Micah. All right. Well, have a good day. And you guys, we will see you back here next week. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.